Hello, and welcome to the Viva Wellness Podcast. My name is Jarrell. I'm Rachel. Remember when we said we were going to start the podcast with something different? Remember when you said I was going to start the podcast with something different? <laughs> were you not on board? Did you not agree? I did not agree. Oh, okay. <laughs> I said I could if I thought of something. Oh, okay. Right. I, that's not how I remember it, but yeah. I'll take your word for it. Yes. This anyway, <laughs> hello. How are you today, Jarrell? What's going on? What's new? As I say this, at, pretending as if you're not one of like two people I see regularly, <laughs> but the audience doesn't know how you are. So how are you? Um, I'm all right. Um, yeah, nothing too exciting or interesting going on. Um, at least that's not you know, um, appropriate for this podcast. Um, so none of y'all business, um, salacious. <laughs> uh, not, not entirely salacious, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, like it's, a, uh, am doing all right. Kind of average for the most part. What about you? I am heated today and this is not a segue mm. into our topic, which I also feel strongly about. I am actually very upset right at this minute because it is 76 degrees in New York and it is March yes. 26th. And it is sunny AF, which is beautiful. Well, it wasn't earlier when I was out for my run. It was actually a 60 degree swamp, which uh, I don't like in July. Right. And I'm having this in March. And I feel like something has been stolen from me because I only have so many more days left before all of my runs are humid and oppressive. Right. And so I feel like someone just took a day from me. Mm. I have been robbed today. Mm. I have been a victim of a crime. Literally so, heated. Yes, literally right. heated. Right. I had that thought when I said it, but I was like, I don't know if that's too obvious of a pun. <laughs> but now that you have said it, I will concur. Like, yes. I am very literally heated about the crime that has been committed this morning. So whoever's decision this was to turn the humidity up to thick, I don't care for this. And luckily it will not be this way tomorrow. But I'm just saying, it's yeah. not cool, literally and figuratively. Like, let's not do <laughs> Anyway, speaking of crimes, that was a good segue. That's it's a horrible segue because I know what we're talking <laughs> we about. We are going to speak of crimes. <laughs> so for anyone who has been remotely paying attention to the news since the last time we recorded a podcast, which is actually a pretty sad statement when you realize what we're going to talk about today, mm-hmm. there have been several news stories about two huge and by huge i mean you know widely discussed mass shootings literally right since the last time we recorded a, a podcast this has happened so it's yeah. been like two weeks. yeah cool welcome back to normal america mm-hmm. so obviously in and of itself that is just a tragedy um 10 people died in boulder colorado i believe the number was what six in atlanta georgia am i wrong is it more it could be seven could be eight i don't know for some reason i'm thinking eight more than zero so either way it's a problem and obviously the murders in atlanta were racially motivated which is another whole awful tragedy and inevitably what tends to follow these horrific events, and I say normally because this happens a lot here in America, is a conversation that erupts about both gun reform, 
because these crimes are committed by the same weapon each mm -hmm. time. Probably, definitely not a necessary thing for anyone to possess, if you want my personal opinion. However, this is the debate that always arises. And the thing that immediately follows it is then, no, no, this is not a gun debate. This is a mental health debate. Mm -hmm. Or people do both, which is arguably better. But the thing that I'm coming in heated about, besides my weather-related crime, is that's actually just wrong. Mental right. health should not be a part of this conversation. Right. Um, unless you want to like add it on a side note and like, yeah, like this is really awful. We need gun reform measures. And also like, I like cookies. Um, that would be the only way that the mental health conversation should come up. Like if you just feel like adding another unrelated note, because mm -hmm. there is a mental health crisis in this country and in the world. Right honest and so sure like let's talk about it but it is not related to your previous comments on gun control or mass shootings in general mm -hmm. and we're going to tell you why mm -hmm. i have a lot of reasons why um for anyone who follows me on twitter you probably have seen the reasons why because i ranted about this earlier and i still feel pretty strongly about it because it's still the conversation that keeps coming up and i think it's actually well let me back up i think in part for some people, it's a lack of knowledge and it's just kind of regurgitating talking points and things sure. that seem apparent on the surface, but actually are not the case in reality. <laughs> and for others, I think you're scapegoating, right? You say, no, 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 don't look at the fact that why can people get an assault rifle? Look over here, look over here. We have a mental health crisis, which like we do, but stop using it to scapegoat another problem. So are you ready for my points? Or do you have anything else to say? I'm rambling. I'm ranting and rambling. What are your thoughts, Jarrell? I mean, I feel like you're going to cover <laughs> the, the same points. Um, so I don't want to, like, take your thunder. So there's oh, that. I really appreciate that you, like, understand that I've made a list. And <laughs> yes. I'm very excited about my list. I'm actually not excited about my list. I really hate that we have to do this. But here right. we go. Okay. So... The number one argument that comes up is that clearly someone who goes and shoots up a grocery store, an elementary school, a movie theater, whatever, is not, their mental health is not okay. And mm -hmm. I agree with that, right? Well-adjusted people tend to not commit mass murder. So right. we sentence to have to say, but I will confirm that that tends to not happen. Mm -hmm. However, what then follows is this argument about like, well, how mental health services aren't accessible. If only this person could have gotten help. If only there was a place that they could go, if only they could have access services. Mm -hmm. Okay. So this I think is related to the argument that we have talked about on the podcast, on the blog. I will say to anyone who listens, if you meet me on the street, healthcare in America is problematic. Insurance right. companies are problematic the coverage of mental health, both for providers and for clients slash patients is problematic. There's a massive stigma, which prevents people from seeking support in the first place. But when we talk about this, for the most part, we talk about regular, well-adjusted people, right? Like you and me, um, you person listening to this podcast, right? Mm -hmm. For somebody who's managing depression, managing anxiety, has relationship concerns, really just struggling through life. Hey, we're still in a pandemic. Life is hard. Being a human is hard. Anyway, things like that. And I'm 100% with you. That is true. 
for so many reasons, different podcasts that I'm pretty sure we've done at the very least, I've written a blog post on it. We will probably talk about it again. So agreed, but we're going to put a pin in that because that doesn't actually apply here. So for a couple of reasons, as private practice therapists, which is usually what people are talking about when they say there's a mental health accessibility problem, mm-hmm. most private practice therapists are not going to see somebody who sends them an email and calls them up and says, hey, I think I need to come meet with you because I bought a assault rifle and I'm thinking of using it. That's not what we do. <laughs> That is the equivalent of calling up your primary care physician and is like, my liver has fallen out of my body. Can you see me today? Mm -hmm. They're going to be like, no, what the hell? Please go to the emergency room. And so when somebody is at the point already where they're thinking of committing that type of act, the problem of insurance companies and affordability with private practice therapy, that's not the problem. We've We've gone way past that. That's not the problem. So that conversation needs to completely go out the window with this anyway, because you're like comparing apples to oranges. It would be the equivalent of being like, my primary care physician isn't accessible because when an organ falls out of my body, I can't go see them. Or it's too much money for them to like sew my ear back on. Like, yeah, that's fair. Different healthcare conversation. So we're going to sit with that for a second. Jarrell, do you have anything to add? Mm -mm. Okay, we're moving on. So what ends up then happening is that you say, okay, but there should have been a place to intervene before somebody's holding the assault rifle and is like, ready to go use it. Anyone want to stop me? No? Cool. I guess I'm going. Mm -hmm. And there is. Mm -hmm. Because a person does not go from having like, you know, kind of a hard time struggling a little bit to... I need to shoot up a grocery store in like a 24, 48 hour period. Like that doesn't happen. If you really do a deep dive into any of these stories of mass shooters, there is a pattern that often is for their entire life. Mm -hmm. When you look back retrospectively, you can see the signs. There is what I want to say was a very old episode of Inside Edition, although I don't know why I'm calling it Inside Edition. I will find it. We will link to it in the show notes. I mean, that is a thing. I know, but like, I don't know why I think it's that. Maybe it is that. Like, my memory is fantastic, but it's about a kid who committed a mass shooting called Kip Kinkle, and it shares his story. And you just really see all the places it went wrong (laughs) um, throughout his lifetime leading him up to that point. So like I said, I'll find it. We'll link to it in the show notes for people interested. Is that an excuse? No, because obviously not everybody who has a really tough upbringing ends up committing mass murder. But you see that there were points to intervene earlier. And then people say, okay, well, why why wasn't there availability? Why wasn't there accessibility of services? Okay, well, but there are services. Right. My question to people who say, oh, it's mental health. We need to expand access to mental health care. I mean, yes, not because of this, but yes. My question is, what is it that you would want to add? And often the explanation is like, oh, you know, like clinics or interventions for people who are like on the brink before they harm someone or themselves. 
um, you know, hospitalizations and all of these things. Okay. We have that already exists. They, they exist. Mm -hmm. I can only speak in detail for New York city because that's where I'm familiar. There are teams that are funded by the city where they go out to people who have a history of psychiatric struggles, severe mental illness, and try to bring treatment to them. They go to the street, they go to their homes, they go to their treatment programs, they hunt them down as best as they can when they go MIA. This exists. So that's a thing. Hospitalization is a thing. You can walk into an emergency room here and say, I'm thinking of harming myself or others. And you'll, for the most part, other issues in there as well. But for the most part, you'll get a bed. There are housing programs for severely mentally ill adults here. And I know they exist elsewhere. So these services exist. There are clinics funded by Medicaid. There are services to provide assistance for people before they get to their worst possible rock bottom whatever that looks like for them. I have yet to hear somebody who says we need to expand mental health services that comes up with a new idea on how to prevent this because the caveat to all of this is you can't force someone to do any of this, mm -hmm. which is kind of the catch 22, right? If somebody is really struggling and anybody who has really dealt with somebody who has been diagnosed with a severe mental illness you know that often getting them into treatment for a variety of reasons, and maybe this can be an entirely different podcast, is a struggle. You cannot force someone to seek treatment for a mental health condition any more than you can force someone sitting on the sidewalk with a broken leg to go to a hospital if they don't want to. Right. And only in most jurisdictions, the only thing that you can force is when someone is presenting as an imminent threat. Yes. to themselves or someone else. And that's only for, depending on the amount of time, up to three days. Right. So the only time you could have forced these people who murdered at least 10, right? 10 to 16 total, 18, however many, more than zero, would be if you caught them en route holding mm -hmm. the gun mm -hmm. and they said, I'm going to go shoot these people. Mm -hmm. That's the only time you could have forced this person into treatment. So the services, and again, I'm not overly familiar with where these people lived. I don't like to read a lot of details about the people who committed these murders. So I'm not really sure what was accessible to them. Obviously, a rural area is there. It's going to have less services than somebody who's closer to a big urban area. Different states are different. All of the above. But point being is that you could say those types of services need to be more prevalent. And I would probably agree with you, but my question is, how do you know it would have made a difference? Mm -hmm. Can't force them into it. So is it really that they didn't have the option or is it that we live in a world with mental health stigma, thus preventing anyone in their life from the time they were a child to adult from really taking their mental health seriously or warning signs seriously? Right. I tend to argue more of that. Um, and then that's a different problem. That's a different conversation besides, oh, well, the mentally ill aren't getting help. Right. Like not, but maybe not for the reason you think. Right. And also, in, I would argue that either in eight or nine out of 10 of these situations in which like this kind of shooting happens, um, there's actually 
uh, a report made to local police um, of concern about said person. And so there's a gross failure of law enforcement to actually prevent crime because what they're used to doing is just reacting and enforcing laws. Um, and so there's a great failure. And I think this speaks to the idea of needing to um, defund the police and reallocate funds to create programs in which there's more connection and collaboration between mental health providers and local law enforcement agencies to, and I think that's one thing that could really help in these situations as well, theoretically. Correct. But again, right. Again, if someone's not presenting as an imminent threat and by imminent threat, we mean like the, the idea is that like in the next few hours, this person is going to hurt themselves or someone else. Um, then you cannot force them into treatment. You cannot force them to have support. Correct. And more often than not, somebody who is planning to mass murder people does not think they need help. Right. Or they're unwilling to seek it out. And that, again, is a whole systemic lifelong point that led up to mm -hmm. the decision that they made. So it's not as simple as just saying, well, if there were more mental health clinics, we wouldn't have this problem. Right. It, it's way more complicated than that. And there yeah. might have been a mental health clinic that they didn't want to go to. Exactly. So now what? The other point that I would make is when these conversations come up and often actually on a smaller scale, people are equating the term mental health and mental illness to mean yeah. the same thing. Yeah. So someone who commits a mass murder, they're not doing well. <laughs> Their mental health is suffering. That does not mean they have a diagnosable mental illness. And this Say it is, again for the people in the back, right? Like, because I know y'all gonna have a hard time with this one. <laughs> listen to that again. Just because you are struggling with your mental health does not mean you have a diagnosable mental illness. Mm. There are so many reasons why in that moment, these people choose to commit this act. And it probably has nothing to do with a diagnosable mental illness. Mm -hmm. And what needs to stop happening is people, including legal representation, because I saw this in the Times and nearly lost my mind, mm -hmm. where they're like, he has an unspecified mental illness. Well, then you don't know that he has a mental illness because right. in order to know he had a mental illness, you'd have to know which one it is. And you're a lawyer, um, so shut up. Right. And then that's, that's a whole, oh, that's a good point. Pause, put a fork in that. <laughs> yeah. And so when they also say... <laughs> Well, people with mental illness are committing these crimes like anyone who does this is mentally ill. Well, let's go back to the original point that more often than not, this person has not ever sought treatment and therefore has never been clinically diagnosed. And therefore, you actually have no idea what his history is with mental illness. There are a lot of reasons why people do some crazy shit in the moment that have nothing to do with their ongoing mental health. Right. Case in point, everyone has heard of things like crimes of passion. Mm hmm. Right. Like I was just so swept up in the moment that I walked in on my wife in bed with my best friend. Clearly, I watched Grey's Anatomy last night and I, you know, threw a brick at his head. I don't know that that person gets diagnosed with a mental illness. They definitely don't. Right. I was being nice. Yeah. Right. Because if that's the only thing you did, you don't qualify for a mental illness. Yeah. Like if that's the only criteria, that's no, that's not how we diagnose people with mental illnesses. You were obviously not doing well. I don't think your coping skills are great, right. but you don't have a mental illness. Or if you do, it 
there needs to be other factors that contribute to that diagnosis besides you threw a brick. Yeah. And so that could be what's happening here. You don't know that they have a mental illness. And so stop assuming that just because someone does something unspeakable, that that means they have a mental illness. It stigmatizes people who do have mental illnesses because most people who have been diagnosed with a mental illness actually are not violent. They are more likely to have violence committed on them. Yep. And at the same time, I'm going to play devil's advocate with that stat because these people probably have not really sought treatment before or in a lot of cases have not, they wouldn't even be including that study anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because if you're saying, oh, this person is an unspecified mental illness, my guess is they've never actually been diagnosed with a mental illness. Right. And you don't know that they have one. Their substance use can contribute to your brain doing some crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. That does not mean you have a mental illness. Mm-hmm. And so just because someone does something that is just completely unheard of for most of us, that does not mean they have a mental illness. And therefore you cannot default to the fact that that must be what's going on. And that must be the way to explain their behavior. Right. Cause it, it might be people who suffer from schizophrenia, for example, might have a psychotic break, Mm -hmm. but a psychotic break doesn't often mean violence. Right. More often than not, actually it means self-harm. If any type of violent act is going to be committed, it's more often than not self-harm. So sit with that for a little bit. I will also add the thing I put a fork in is the concept of when people are declared insane, like, right, you're not guilty by reason of insanity. That's Mm -hmm. the big legal Mm -hmm. whatever. Insane is actually a legal term. It is not a clinical term. Yep. So insane just means that at the time of whatever act you committed, you were unable to really get the consequences or impact of your actions Mm -hmm. to put it, you know, I don't know what the actual like legal language with that is, but that's essentially the concept. Right. So anyone over the age of like 15, think about a time where you made an impulse decision Mm -hmm. for whatever reason, right? Like you broke up with somebody and you bought 45 cupcakes and then you ate them. (laughs) You probably felt really sick afterward. But at the time, I don't know that you thought that through logically. Right. Impulse purchase, purchases. Wow, that wasn't a word. Impulse purchases, especially over the course of this last pandemic year. Anyone want to raise their hand if you purchase something that on a whim you were like, I'm bored and lonely and depressed and everyone is dying. I need this thing. I need to feel better. I, like mm-hmm. everyone's hand should be going up. Mm-hmm. Right. We do this all the time. Mm-hmm. So is everyone mentally ill? Or insane. Right? Like you can make a philosophical decision on that. But like we all are a little insane at a certain point in time when you're doing, when you are using the actual definition. Wait, this is a perfect time to introduce a quote. Okay. From Psycho, which is one of my favorite movies. I I don't know. I don't know that. We all go a little mad sometimes. Oh, is that what that's from? Yeah. Like that's where that comes from? Mm -hmm. In popular. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Learn something new every day. Yeah. Sorry, tangent. I mean, I, fun fact. <laughs> yeah, but yes, true. But right. But correct. Yeah. So that's all that is when someone says that. And, you know, like I said, there are a lot of reasons why we make impulse decisions and then we're like, oh, crap, that was actually a bad idea. Mm-hmm. Um, I almost took my phone into the shower the other day. Mm. 
like I was holding my phone and I came within like two inches of actually bringing it into the shower with me before I was like, oh, we don't do that. <laughs> that would have been a decision in which at the time I made a trip, brought the phone in for almost and did not realize the consequences of doing so. Mm-hmm. My mom was somewhere else. That is an acceptable reason for your mind to be somewhere else or an acceptable action to take as a result of being a little scatterbrained and focused on other things and preoccupied with our own feelings. But it is all cut from the same cloth. And it does not mean that there is an actual mental illness. And so we have to stop saying that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because I and I think the the impact, like the broader impact of that is not only does it like reinforce this greater idea of cultural stigma. But also just think about, you know, you're with your friend or partner or family member who's taking anti-anxiety medication. And here you are saying, uh, and has a diagnosable mental illness in order to get that medication. And here you are saying like, oh, this person, like mentally ill people, we need to, we need to get them under control because they're the ones doing things like this. How do you think it makes them feel? That would be an awful, awful thing to experience, especially coming out of the mouth of someone that you love. Right. There are also physical ailments that can cause poor decision-making for lack of Mm -hmm. a better word. And I know that's like a really minor way to put it, but this is just to say that there's so much that could be going on and so many factors that are going on. Because here's the other question that even if there is a diagnosable mental illness, Most people with a diagnosable mental illness do not commit mass murder. So how do you explain that then? It's like a very small percentage, if a percentage at all, Mm -hmm. like we're talking less than single digits. Mm -hmm. So then how do you explain that? Mm -hmm. Something else has to be happening. Logically speaking, that can't be the only factor. It actually feels like a pretty minor factor given that information. Right. So how well to you explaining this? Because like two plus two is not equaling four here. Like 95% of people who were diagnosed with a mental illness involving psychosis went out and shot somebody. Sure. Yeah. I'm with you. That that's a problem. That's a very clear cut, you know, cause of this really huge issue, but that's not what's happening. Right. So what is the other explanation? And not to mention that most mental illnesses don't have a psychotic component. Right. So I'm going to make a kind of dark joke here, but like anyone who's experienced any type of depression knows like you're not getting out of bed to do anything like to brush your teeth a lot of times, much less like right. plot a horrific murder. Right. And then so like, it. Right. Like that's not what happens. If people who are anxious, oh my God, you would never. (laughs) Right. Right? Like it's so, it just, it's just so gross and so not indicative of what most people's experiences are. And so all of this to say, like, stop it. Yeah. Not what's happening. Or if it is what's happening, if it's a factor, it's a very small factor and other things are going on that are more relevant. Yep. Which is a nice segue to, I have one more point and I have questions for you for listening, not you, Drew. Mm. You know the answer to this. We're not here to get into a political debate. I don't think this should be a debate. That's my two cents in all of this. Um, but we're not going to talk about, you know, what needs to happen and what actions need to be taken to prevent these senseless tragedies from happening again. But I'm going to kind of be self-indulgent a little bit, and I'm going to read some questions that I posed on social media. And this is not 
an opinion, this is a question that I encourage anyone who is actually concerned over these tragedies and wants to know what we can do or how to get to the bottom of why this keeps happening. Just think about the answer. Think about the questions. Think about your thoughts. That was a weird thing to say. Your ideas, which kind of means the same thing, but it sounds better. Okay. Number one, why do we hold so strongly to this right of bearing arms despite the consequences? There are a lot of things that we're told we can't possess. And yet nothing creates as much outrage as being told you can't have a gun. Why? Mm-hmm. A lot of things you're not allowed to own. I cannot have a zoo in my apartment. Right. Very upsetting. You cannot own a spaceship for the most part in your house. You cannot own the White House. You cannot own body parts. No one will sell you a finger, I hope. And yet, like a gun is all of a sudden sending people into an outrage about you can't have a gun. How would your life really be different if you were not able to own a gun? Why does this happen? What is the connection to Boulder, to Atlanta, to Sandy Hook, to other similar events? What's the common thread? The why, and I say this all the time, put this on a t-shirt or a tote bag one day, the why is always more important than the what. And this is with a disclaimer of not for the people impacted. If, it, if you're somebody who a loved one or it's your grocery store that was impacted, the why is not for you because you don't care. It doesn't matter. Right. Like you've just been dealt this situation that I can't even fathom. And so you're not, this is not who this is directed towards, but for other people who are like, okay, I am an objective outsider as objective as we can be with it, all of this. I want to do some deeper analysis on this and really understand these situations. Like this is for you. So why? When people, you know, commit a crime, rob a store or whatever, we, we want motive. What happened? Oh, this person had been out of work for eight months. And so they robbed a bank. Okay. It makes it make sense. People don't do things without having a reason. We always have a reason, even if it's not rational. So what's the reason? We already said mental illness doesn't make sense is the only contributor because stats will show you that a very small percentage of people diagnosed with a mental illness commit violent acts. So there has to be something else. So what are the other common links? And number three, we already discussed in that if you do think it's a mental health resource situation, like what is it that you're actually wanting to change? And what would the barriers to that be? And would it actually help? And we talked about why we don't think so for the most part, but hey, people have different ideas. Maybe you're somebody who's on the side of, we should be able to force everybody into treatment. Okay, what are the pros and cons of that? Why has that not happened? Or at least not happened to a greater extent. Mm -hmm. And I think those are actually the questions to think about if you're really wanting to get a better understanding of what's going on and not just scapegoat mental illness as an easy thing to do. And for the record, the elected officials who are doing that, they want you to look away from gun control, from any type of policy change because there is a very big organization that gives them a lot of money and they like that. And that's just a fact. It's not a political statement. It's not an indictment on anybody. That's literally a fact. It's public record. You can look it up. You can see how much the NRA gives to various elected officials. So that's, 
they want you to, whether or not they feel strongly personally about whether or not you should own a gun or which gun, like that is a factor. That's just facts on facts. Mm-hmm. So that was me stepping off my soapbox. I hope I didn't break my air conditioner remote that I just did that with. Okay. Other thoughts? Want to give me a round of applause? Thank you. Um, yeah, I mean, I think we've, uh, I think we've hit on some like really important themes here. And I know that many people have been working so long and so hard to um, prevent these sorts of things from happening. So I don't want to, I don't want us to wrap this episode without acknowledging that there've been so many people who've been trying to be responsible um, and who've been trying to protect us for a long time by advocating for different policies, for you know, introducing fair and reasonable measures um, and policies. And um, yeah, we just, it seems like we, we fail to learn our lesson in so many ways. Um, so if you wanna talk about you know, people being insane, our country is ill. Um, and so how are we gonna fix that? How do we get it the care it needs to make better decisions? And I think that's really at the crux of all this. Yeah. Yeah, and I would close with saying that if you are listening and you have been personally impacted by any of the two recent shootings or any of the ones who came before, um, we're, we're with you and your, your pain is seen Maybe not by the people who need to see it, but it's seen. Mm-hmm. So I know that doesn't change anything because it's that whole thoughts and prayers. Like that's nice, but also right. change something. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so I hope you're doing okay. We're as okay as could be expected. Yeah. If you have questions, thoughts, we are happy to discuss and educate and share more information respectfully and nicely. Keep that in mind. Um, you can reach out to us at, on social media at Viva Wellness NYC. And we appreciate you listening to a pretty challenging topic. Yeah. It's not it's not easy and it's easier to change the channel, so to speak, on something like this and listen to another episode of another podcast or another episode of this podcast. It's a little more lighthearted and fun. Um, but obviously if you've made it this far, you are dedicated and committed to doing the work and learning. And we appreciate that. Absolutely. We cannot promise that next time we will have a lighter topic, but either way, we hope you will join us next time. Um, rate, review, subscribe, do whatever you do to podcasts and we will catch you soon. Bye.